So it's here's... not heresy. It's come on. No, it's Harris' son. Wow! They gave us nothing but tradition and no argument. All they did was get on this stage, yell real loud, and set a straw man on fire. Okay, now this it I I, I was not impressed. <laughs> Respectfully, that sounds like a little bit of a dodge. I'm claiming victory. So where I come from, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Why is this so difficult? I'm not... Welcome to Trinity Radio. I'm Braxton Hunter, and along with me is... Jonathan Pritchett. And today, a very exciting opportunity we have to do a response to me and Professor Daniel Alvarez from several years ago, a debate that I had that we never did a response video No, we to. never did. So this is a trip down memory lane for both of us. So get ready to see this was a... The, yeah, this was the debate. You said, yeah, I've, I've had debates. Like back when I first met you, it was like, <laughs> yeah, I debated a guy from Harvard. I mean, yeah. Yeah, first debate, Harvard graduate, professor at Florida International University, Daniel Alvarez. Stick with us. And we're back with the real deal. Who was the real deal before you even knew he was the real deal? Yeah, by this time, let me just go ahead and set this up for a little bit, give a little bit of preliminary. So uh, I was in Florida. I had never had a debate. Um, I was was at uh, one of the largest uh, Cuban churches in Miami. And because Miami is kind of the first place that a lot of Cuban people go when they leave Cuba and come to the States, this is like the front lines for... Uh, Cuban evangelism, and that means it's one of the front lines for that sort of atheism as well, because a lot of atheism coming out of Cuba. So I was asked to come down and do an apologetics conference, and uh, on Sunday, the pastor said, you know, I I wanted to put together a debate for this thing. And I said, oh, yeah, that would have been great, man. I've never had a debate. And so he said, well, what about, uh, would you be willing to have one? And I said, well, I, I don't know, you know, and, and he said, how about Wednesday? And this was on Monday, I guess. I, I don't know what I said, but this was on Monday. So he's like, how about Wednesday? So day after tomorrow. Now, just so you know, when people who are, you know, debaters who take it really seriously, they prepare for like months, even a, a year or more for debates. And I had two days and I'd never debated before. So um, I went back to the hotel and had a nervous breakdown. And basically what I did was watched a bunch of debate videos and tried to see how would I respond to these things. So then on Tuesday night, so the debate's on Wednesday, Tuesday night. That's pretty much what you do now, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. So Tuesday night, uh, a guy who knew Daniel Alvarez in Cuba, because Alvarez is Cuban, uh, Cuban-American now, but so I, I, he said, I want to talk to you, this very, very old man. And I went in there and he said, uh, I want you to be careful because Daniel Alvarez is a very dangerous man. <laughs> and so I'm going into my first debate with that creepy old guy telling me something like that. He's so. dangerous, right? <laughs> He's dangerous. So, so. What, what makes him dangerous? I, that, that I don't know. And I didn't know then. And I was too scared to ask. <laughs> so No, it's it, the... Just what I, looking back on it, this man's not scary. Well, here's the thing about Alvarez that is confusing and has confused a lot of people. So the so here's the thing. He acts toward the end like he's some kind of a Christian, like a John Dominique Crossan type Christian. Right. Uh, I don't know what he is exactly. 
uh, because he uses an. Now, if he was just shooting down the theistic arguments, we could say, well, okay, you know, yeah, this guy doesn't. This guy doesn't really buy the arguments. Well, there's a lot of presuppositionalists that don't. Uh, but he actually brings an argument from evil, which, if it was successful, would show that God does not exist. You would not expect any kind of Christian to do that. So it's right. a real bizarre sort of a thing. Yeah. I can't. I don't want to speak for him. I, Alvarez, if you see this, I don't want to speak for you. I'm, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. He could clarify one day. Maybe we could talk again. Well, um, Braxton Hunter's gone on to bigger and better things. And Well, have I? That's, see, that's the question because this was my first debate. Right. Daniel Alvarez was a Harvard graduate and professor of world religions. Why do you say Harvard at, graduate like that? Mean? Harvard stinks now. Well, it means something to listeners. Okay, Harvard hasn't been anything since... Okay. And he's a professor of world religions at Florida International University. And so uh, he was aware of these arguments. And so really, in terms of atheist discussions and debates that I've had, I don't know that anybody's done a better job than Daniel Alvarez did. So uh, we're going to take a look now. Let's go ahead and begin. You want to say anything before we jump into this? Harvard sucks. Okay, let's go and right into it here. Of the universe. Hey, look at that hair. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I got it on double speed. Hair and no beard. There is not hair. I don't know what you're talking about. There is no, there is no more hair there than there is now. The hair that is in that shot, the like Matt Lauer look, and I don't have that now. That's optional. That's that's. I could do the Picard Matt Lauer thing if I chose to. Remember a couple of years ago, I did. And, yeah. and you didn't like it. No, nobody likes it. Nobody likes that either. The best looking thing in that shot is the Marshall half stack. <laughs> but you'll also notice I was much thinner there. So yes. this is motivation for me. I probably weighed a strapping 175 here. Yeah. This argument demonstrates weird. this. Oh, I also should say, sorry, guys. I also should no, say. No, you look like you're 45 there. <laughs> you're not How even, old do I look now? Fifty five? No, you look younger now than you do in That's that absurd. Video. But here but no. listen, listen, listen. The first of all, the video resolution is not gonna be good. This is this is like ten years ago or something. Eleven maybe. And no 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 no. It's this was two thousand ten, so that's nine years ago. But here's another thing that I wanna point out is for some reason the video just starts halfway through my opening statements. So I think here I'm talking about the Kalam. Uh, I think I use a Kalam, a design argument, and a moral argument. The debate was, does God exist, not does yeah. the Christian God exist? Okay, let's go. And more. The cosmological argument may be stated in this way. One, everything that begins to exist must have a cause for its existence. Two, the universe began to exist. Okay, this guy from nine years ago is going way too slow. Yes. So if you like to listen to things on double speed, just know that I'm going to put it up to about 1.5. So uh, yeah, he's going Maybe. function accordingly. Now, for all those people who said that you were a speedster, yeah, no, you're not. There's <laughs> and, proof. And, and this was timed, so I should be going faster than right. normal. There's proof that you're not always. See, this is this is the benefit of the archives yeah another this is like watching looking at your high school yearbook but another thing <laughs> about it is uh except you looked worse in high school you know people tell me now about like my debate with dillahunty oh it's the same old argument same stuff we've always heard before and i hate this free will argument i've never heard of you know <laughs> like because uh, it's not the same old thing that you've heard before but uh and with the resurrection i brought this recalibrated plausibility well, the, the but with this this is just william lane craig type stuff that back then, that's okay, just what I did. Okay, but William Lane Craig's hype stuff goes back 
So yeah, William Lane Craig is doing, right. you know, this goes Aquinas-type stuff, C.S. Yeah. Lewis-type stuff, right? And we're telling you, there's still more theists than non-theists, so yeah, sure. it's not going anywhere. It hasn't yeah. gone anywhere for centuries. No YouTuber that's not even hit puberty yet has debunked it, so right. let's, let's... If it ain't broke, don't, don't fix, fix it. Right, let's settle down, Therefore, people. three, the universe must have a cause for its existence. Yeah, now, but there's no God in that argument. ...as a logically valid <laughs> syllogism. What that means is that if premise one and premise two are both true, then it follows necessarily that the Now, I think I did a pretty true. good job so in this. So if everything that begins to exist has a cause. I think I did a pretty good job of looking calm and cool and collected. For your first debate, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, whenever I'm sitting down, you'll see I'm not like tapping my foot or anything. That, But that was conscious. Yeah. I was nervous, very nervous. And the universe began to exist, then it follows necessarily and inescapably now, that this the universe is must have had a cause. Javier's church, right? Javier Soto Longa. Yeah, this is uh, Estrella de Belen Iglesia Bautista, or whatever. This is the uh, Star of Bethlehem Baptist Church in Hialeah, which is in Miami. And Javier Soto Longo is, is the pastor there. Yeah. ...not exist, but even space and time did not exist. Even though it may sound strange at first, when the universe did not exist, there was literally nothing. As British physicist P.C.W. Davies says, quote, the coming into being of the universe as described in modern science Man, look is not just a matter of imposing a level of organization upon a previous... <laughs> yeah, I'm overusing it. traffic. the coming into being of all physical things... <laughs> this, this is your Matt nothing. Chandler day. Oh, Matt Chandler, there we go. The universe to come into existence. Your Matt Chandler days. Is that a, is that a Matt Chandler thing? He... Well, he's more restrained than like the Piper thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. Piper's hand fighting the invisible ninjas, right? But, <laughs> but but look, look, look here. You can't really see it, but it says Braxton Hunter, and underneath that, it's not in the shop. It says Evangelista. Yeah, I'm an evangelist. I yes. like that. Right. Don't put apologist. Don't put professor. Don't put seminarian. No, were you evangelist? Doctor, you, you weren't even Doctor Hunter here. Were no, you? but he calls me Doctor Braxton throughout this thing. Doctor Braxton. I called him Professor Alvarez. Yeah. Well, he is Dr. Alvarez. No, he's not. He has a, he has his master's from Harvard. Oh. He may have a doctorate now. I don't know. But you were you were master hunter. But this guy was a legit. I mean, he's been on the History Channel. He's been on, like, other news outlets and documentaries. You may have never heard of him, but isn't that the case with some of the real scholars? You probably never heard yeah, of him. Yeah, like every other guy that William Lane Craig ever debated, I'd never heard of. Right. But You I, heard of him because William Lane Craig debated him. Right. But every one of them was better than, like, the YouTuber atheist crowd. Yeah. All they right. at least put in a little bit of elbow grease and tried. Yeah. Like your debates with the uh, um that Dillahunty guy. Yeah. I was just like, mm, okay. Um and then I saw the video of Eric Hernandez going around with that Aaron Raw guy, and I think one of your buddies debated him recently. Um Michael Jones. Yeah. Trent Doherty. Well, Michael Jones, that was the debate. It we was, did a show on that. That was our last show, actually. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. They're all, Great memory. When you lost the weight, the brain went with it, apparently. Right. <laughs> they're all the same. Yeah. The, what reminded me was the uh, the Aaron Raw video clip of him and Eric Hernandez. Yeah. That's hilarious. So, have you seen that Yeah, yet? well, part of it, yeah. Oh, it's funny. Uh, he's doing a really good job. With Love that. that guy. Yeah, anyway... These, He's a good friend. These type of guys just... It's more interesting to listen to an Alvarez than it is to listen to an Aaron Raw. I agree, so let's, let's yeah. listen to him now. Yeah. Must not fall into well, any of the physical you. categories I mentioned before. It must be a cause outside of time, not made of matter, and not confined by space. 
To put it even more simply, it is either a natural cause or what we might refer to as a supernatural cause. Yeah, that's pretty and good. Since we're talking about this is actually more concise than the blather itself, that you gave in the Dimonte debate. <laughs> that we are left with is a supernatural cause. That means that it must be a space Because you're not going to timeless, spaceless, timeless you know, yeah. eternal cause. And you're just getting straight to the point here. All, all, we, all we're saying here is, as I get older, I get more verbose. You're right, but this is actually <laughs> more to concise. The the well, give me two days to prepare for a debate and you get something like this. <laughs> give me eight months and you get the blather. Right. <laughs> Maybe you do better on your pressure. Nothing. Amazingly, yeah. this is what even the most basic definition would be of God. What is the alternative? The alternative to this would be to maintain that the universe came by nothing, from nothing, and for nothing. Man, As Anthony Kinney says, quote, a proponent of the Big I can't get past the hair. The, the hair's got to go. Why were you trying to pull off hair? the universe came from nothing and by My wife nothing. liked it. However, I can't imagine that we would accept Your something like this. Your wife likes you bald with a beard, though. Uh, Schneider, it would be, quote, now, in head-on collision but at that time, that's what she liked. ontological commitment in the history of science. Namely, that was the Matt Lauer era, She thought that Matt Lauer was, like, I think she thought like Matt Lauer was like the most attractive man alive so she said my hair with the Matt Lauer look which is just a little bit of growth like that she thought that was great now this is before Matt Lauer like got into trouble or whatever <laughs> yeah. happened to him <laughs> everybody got into trouble all of a sudden yeah anyway now she likes the rock so I'm trying to look like the rock with a beard it's not going well. <laughs> in light of this we'll argument or this alternative, one is either forced to believe that, on the one hand, the universe emerged uncaused out of nothing at all, or that God exists as the necessary uncaused cause of the entire universe. See, when I like all of this better dilemma, than the, 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 the way you've given it to me, and sense. I think it does to many of you. Two. Yes, yeah, right. It's clear. Involves the incredible <laughs> amount of complexity in the physical universe. The incredible degree of fine-tuning that we encounter when we consider the There's initial Alvarez. conditions He's of taking the notes. would be prohibitively, yeah, he took it seriously. prohibitively unlikely in the absence of God. Stephen or he's Hawking, drawing who a is picture. now made more popular by his new book, The Grand Design, <laughs> has estimated that if the rate of the universe's expansion one second after the universe began had been smaller by even one part in, get this, 100,000 million million, the universe would have collapsed into a fireball. See, you're not into w. these kind of design arguments anymore. To, yeah, I mean, the thing about it is... Uh, I'm not a science-y type guy. Yeah. My co-host on Trinity Radio says nothing feels like science. Right. Do you know how many people are mad at you right now over your science is a religion thing? I love it. I mean, that just Keep all Keep the weekend. hate coming. <laughs> Keep the hate coming. Science stinks. Science does not stink. Okay. Understand that I'm not Pritchett and Pritchett's not me. It's like you told me the other day, stop saying I disagree with him on some things. Well, I do disagree. We disagree with each other on some things. I think science is awesome. And when done right, it demonstrates the glory Just of God. Just because I say science stinks doesn't mean I don't... Uh, yeah. It's tongue-in-cheek, right? Right. Come on, Tell guys. the camera it's tongue-in-cheek. It's tongue-in-cheek. So I can stop having to respond to these YouTube atheists. I had a guy yesterday who no, but put, No, uh, no, no. That, that, oh, the thing that they're whining about? No. Yeah. Human behavior is predictable, and that human behavior towards science, is it's a religion. Get over it. That's not tongue-in-cheek. When I say science stinks, that's somewhat tongue-in-cheek. But let's ring it back in. L I don't truth. do as much of the teleological stuff now. But I do plan to spend next year yeah. studying the design argument and, and uh, various arguments, uh, design arguments, trying to find one uh, or develop one that I think is good and yeah. defensible and use it. But it, as far as it involves a lot of sciencey stuff, I'm, I'm not going to pretend that I have the street cred there to right. back that up. That's really why. But this kid, this, this guy nine years ago, Braxton Hunter, Matt Lauer, Braxton Hunter, <laughs> uh, he he didn't care. He's like, 
Sounds good to me. I'm going to use it. Right. <laughs> well, plus you probably read those books back then. Yeah, like, I was more I've read all those yeah. science scientific apologetics books and I went out, you know. I will say I like, I, I don't think the Kalam really gets touched much in this debate after yeah. my opening statements and the design does and yeah. I think I do a pretty good job even working in a colloquial uh, Cuban thing. We're going to get there. Yeah. Let's go. But see, but hold on. Okay. But see, my, I jettisoned like the recycle bin and flushed all the scientific apologetics. It's not that interesting yeah. to me. But it is interesting that you're using it back then, though. That's that's important. The science. Now, oh, I don't know what I wanted to say. Like you said, nothing feels like science. You know where I got that from? Yeah, nothing feels like prayer. Nothing feels. And I missed opportunity in your last video response to Dan Barker. He says the line, "Nothing feels like prayer." Oh, did you listen to my? I've, I've listened to everything you do. I don't and, believe it. Well, I, I do. <laughs> did you listen to the Bart Ehrman one? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, rest I don't my case. remember them, but it, no, but I remember listening to the Dan Barker one, and he says the line, nothing feels like prayer. Yeah, and that would have been a perfect time. I for thought you about to put saying the, it, but see, I don't think nothing feels like science. No, 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 no. You should have played the ridiculous song. Nothing, have you still never heard the oh, nothing yeah, feels yeah. like prayer? No, I know. You should have played the, it's a, the most absurd. Maybe I'll play it. What, wait, is it? It's copyrighted. I don't want to play it. Here. It's like this terrible calypso song mm -hmm. like but it's jp Moreland's favorite song to sing around the biola campus that's the rumor because it's just so oh it's it's the worst i mean we people knock christian music mm -hmm. atheist music is straight up garbage yeah. if that's indicative of mm -hmm. atheist what do you think about john lennon's imagine but that's not yeah, no religion too. That'd that's be a, a good response video. Line. We ought yeah. to take that one apart. Other people have done it, but we do it better. Yeah, but but that's not atheist propaganda music. That's an upcoming episode we need to do. What? Atheist contemporary atheist music. Yes, that's a, that's on. Well, now you <laughs> and make the point that it's worse than Christian. But music. But you got to beep that out so nobody gets it to it first because we're a killer that's idea. what we're doing right now. Yeah. That's our thing. We're doing that. Right, killer. Are there any dumb atheist movies like 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 there are? Some low-quality Christian movies. Yes, we're gonna find those. Yes. All right, let's keep trying. For later star he looks bored. <laughs> He's like, oh, this is boring. Oh, I better pretend like I'm taking notes. You're not writing down all those zeros. You're not writing down those zeros. Or of the weak force, by only one part in ten to the one hundredth power, would have prevented a life-permitting universe. What could account for such a degree? He's thinking, I'm gonna mop the floor with this kid. This kid doesn't know what he's thinking. Natural law. Chance. It's like or I'm Alvarez. I want well, that's what we wanted to be thinking. This first alternative of natural law. The first alternative demands that the initial conditions were necessary. Were actually, as I'm looking at this nine years out, you know what I'm actually thinking? I could be wrong, and this will sound arrogant. I'm thinking he probably did think this kid is probably going to get up here and stumble his way through some, and he got it, and he heard me do this, yeah. and he's probably thinking. Oh crap! This is real. Like, this is a real. <laughs> this is a real thing. I don't know. Maybe. No, he's that Harvard. Say, he's, he, that it could they not debate have all been the time. Otherwise, Davy says there is nothing in the laws of physics that demonstrate the necessity of the initial conditions. The universe, he says, did not have to be the way that it is. It could have been otherwise. So natural law will not do as an explanation. But what about the second alternative? Chance. The problem with this is that when one considers the astronomical possibility of varying values in the initial conditions and considering the number of possible value sets that would have been would have resulted in a life permitting universe it is clear that the possibility of such fine tuning as There's exists four, in the Harrison initial Ford conditions fingers. of the actual universe is it bad that, that I think this guy's smarter than me <laughs> small 
it simply it is simply nowhere near conceivable that this could have happened. What's the Harrison Ford thing? The Ford finger. So Fred Hoyle says every movie he points at somebody with his finger. He does it in Star Wars. That's fine. Robert Jester, the head of NASA's Goddard Institute for Space Studies, says this is the most powerful evidence for the existence of God ever to come out of science. There it goes again. So if natural law and chance will not account for the fine tuning of the initial conditions, then the only live option to which the evidence leads would be would have to be intelligent design. And this brings me to three. The third argument I'd like to present is the argument from the objectivity of moral values. Really? I'm so <laughs> shocked. Uh, I'm like so this. shocked. One, if objective moral values exist, then God also exists. Two, objective moral values do exist. Uh, I didn't three, get... God exists. When I say yeah, I mean, objective I didn't moral give values, the standard I mean, I'm referring one. to moral values that are true and binding whether anybody believes in them or not. Man. As Norman yeah, Geisler has put it. To claim that the Holocaust was objectively wrong, that is to say, not original really wrong, to you, but is it's to say original that it would have been debates. wrong, mm -hmm. even if the Nazis had won World War II and exterminated or brainwashed everyone. But here's the with thing them. that does make me a little cringy when I watch this: is even though I think this guy's doing all right, the fact is, this is like a tour of if you've ever studied apologetics at all, this is a tour of the stuff you're gonna hear. Yeah, you know, I'm on about Hitler and the Holocaust here. You know. It would hits. still have been wrong to have done the Holocaust, even if everybody believed that it was okay. We're saying that moral objectivity means that it is wrong to murder or to rape, and that that is a wrong action in the same sense that 2 plus 2 equals 7 would be a wrong statement. I hope that you understand that. Uh, See, the closer you look younger, but when the camera, the other camera angle, you look like an old guy. Says, well, of quote, course. The position of the modern evolutionist is that morality is a biological adaptation, no less than our hands and feet and teeth. Considering, uh, considered as a rationally justifiable set of claims about an objective something, ethics is illusory. I appreciate, he says, that when someone says, love thy neighbor as thyself, they think they, they think. are referring above themselves. Nevertheless, yeah, this, this such is reference is truly without Anyone reference. who's heard Morality Craig has heard that quote. Yeah. Survival and reproduction and any deeper it's a good quote. Come on. Now, let me make clear what I'm not saying. I am not saying that if, unless you believe in God or agree that morality is objective in this sense, that you cannot act morally or do things that are right, atheists and theists alike can act morally and immorally. What I am saying is that without God, it is not true to say that murder or rape or child abuse is objectively wrong in the same sense that 2 plus 2 equals 7. Have you ever watched this debate wrong. before? Ultimately, yes. if God does okay. not exist, then to ago. say that certain things are right and wrong and other things are wrong becomes a matter of cultural opinion or consensus. But such morals as those would be subjective in that like they could be amended years, or changed as societal <laughs> ideas changed. I'm actually Richard impressed. Nietzsche, the atheist scholar who famously <laughs> Sorry, said God I'm is being dead, honest. understood that God's death meant the end of objective morality in humanity. But, as William Lane Craig would say, objective moral values do exist. And deep down, I think we all know that. That was if kind of a... That, did you hear a little bit of a Craig impression yeah. there? Objective moral values and duties do exist. And deep yeah. down, we all know it. Objectively wrong years. to torture children for fun, for example, then you don't need an argument for me to persuade you. You need therapy. And since <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Exist, then God must exist. As honest, there's the blinding lights, Brad. Okay, under. but to be honest, I don't know if that was my line or if I heard someone say that. But it sounds like me at the time in that yeah, period. It's the blinding lights, Braxton Hunter. I remember after this debate, I called it uh, a friend. I called Andy, and he was like, he'd watched it. They live streamed this. Yeah. And he was like, um, yeah, man, you're like an apologist now. You got your first debate. You got your book, and the book was Blinding Lights. Yeah. So. This is blinding light era. A and I tell you, moral values. best book I, ever. That's the best Braxton, Braxton Hunter yeah, era. Back when that's like the Joshua Tree. Back for when me. he was ready to take people's heads off instead of smile at them all the time. This 
friendly guy. I agree with what Michael Roos and what many others have said. If there is no God, then ultimately right and wrong is just a matter of taste or opinion. For this reason, I maintain that Did the you evidence discontinue that book? Arguments is what? So Did you do? Why you? Because I think I'm summing up here and I kind of want to hear what I'm going to say. Oh, did you discontinue Blinding Lights? Yes, but it's still out there. Someone told me at the seminar last weekend that, that I gave, they said, I just found it on Amazon for $800. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get $800, <laughs> yeah. but somebody does if somebody right. buys that. That it warrants belief in the existence of God. And if there's going to be shown something wrong with these arguments, I look forward to hearing what they are. Thank you very much. Okay, well, somewhere in here, I do like bring a real hammer down at the end of one of my rebuttals, I guess. Pull them britches you gotta up. get those britches in order. <laughs> That's gonna be us one day, old man. That's me right now. What are you talking about? <laughs> Not you, because you've lost all this weight. No, I have to pull my britches up. They keep falling. Yeah. Very impressive. Very, very impressive. Thank you. Presentation of the Thank you. Arguments. You know, I've been doing this hashtag unimpressed. Yeah. Alvarez doesn't give me a hashtag unimpressed. He said mm. impressed. Right. Very impressive. See, my opponents think that I'm impressive. Right. <laughs> By Dr. Braxton. Um, let me say as a preface to my comments that... Break it down. Uh, the issue between us is not whether we believe in God. It's whether we believe in God on the basis of evidence. Uh, there's sufficient rational... Okay. That's actually not the... ...high degree of probability that there is a God. Um, my stance is that my relationship to God is... Well, it's the evidence for the existence of God. There I saw um, God and Edwards, the great theory of theologians. Oh yeah, he, yeah. He calls out these reform, like reformed theologians. The problem is, this is what I don't understand. He then brings an argument from evil. An argument from evil is not saying your arguments aren't good enough for me to have belief. If an argument from evil, if successful, would show that God likely doesn't exist or doesn't right. exist. So it's confusing. So the question is, is there evidence? Is there evidence? Okay, I, yeah, I got it wrong at the top of this video. It's there on the YouTube video. Is there evidence for the existence of God? And he says the difference between... And he says no, and I say yes. What Christian says no to that question? Um, some presuppositional... No, they still and, think they have internal evidence. Some, well, some Reformed epistemology guys are like, yeah, the evidence is junk. Yeah, external evidence, right? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I you guess, figure out I what you it think on what Alvarez evidence is. Means. Yeah, I guess it depends on what you consider. If you're Aaron Raw, it's scientific evidence. Yeah. I went on a rant about that, which is just scientism, which means his worldview is... That was last week. Let's keep trucking. I have it's an aversion uh, to natural theology, but I recognize that that's just a prejudice, that I must be willing to yield in on the basis of argument. I don't want to retreat into an irrational fideism, and I want to be able to listen and be open to new thoughts, including evidence, even though... I, at this particular juncture in history, I may not believe that the evidence warrants uh, believing God as Dr. Braxton has presented it. But I'm willing to be persuaded, so I'm not going to close my mind. Okay, uh, the cosmological nice argument. It's, it's a causal argument, working from effects back to cause. There's no question, I would agree with Dr. Braxton, that God is a sufficient condition or ground for the existence of the universe. If there were a God, then I, I could grant, I would grant the, that God would be enough to bring a possible God, a theism. God would be enough, enough of a cause to bring the universe about. I mean, after all, he's all powerful. His infinite is eternal. Certainly, the universe is being finite. He would bring it about. Therefore, I would grant that he's a sufficient condition. The problem that I have with the cosmological argument has to do with a more difficult issue as to whether God is a necessary condition. My claim is that the logical structure of Dr. Braxton's arguments rely precisely on what I think is extremely difficult to establish, that you can argue from effect back to the cause. And I think that is the underlying problem with your presentation, Dr. Braxton. Uh, for instance, if I shower today and I walk in here wet, 
everybody would grant that my taking a shower, right, and not drying myself up with a towel is a sufficient condition for me being wet, correct? But if I am wet, I could not argue and say You're I'm like, wet this is only because I took a shower. Jabber. Maybe I got wet because of rain. You look bored already. Look, I am I still as a snowman in winter. Effect. I mean, look at me. But, but, here, but here, well, here's the thing. He's setting up that there should be, it's a sufficient but not necessary explanation, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, and he's, he, his thing about the shower, he's kind of like saying, we could give a defeater. Any, we don't have to know what the explanation is. So long as there's anything else that would serve yeah, as a you good fell explanation. On a lake, you yeah, right. Rained on, got whatever. rained on. Yeah. Any of those would also be those yeah. would all be sufficient. But he won't give me another one. He won't give he won't give me another one. Now this is where modern atheists, not Alvarez type people, but modern atheists will say, uh, "Yeah, but you you just don't know. You just say I don't know there." But here's the thing: if you're gonna point to a philosophical defeater, you need to be able to give some other option. Mm-hmm. In order to serve as a defeater to the claim that it's God, yeah. he doesn't. He doesn't do that. So, presumably we do, or we have the universe, or we have some sort of complexity in the universe. Therefore, from this effect, the argument is: well, the only the only thing that could account for that is God. I think there's enough. My argument is not that God could not do it. My argument is that I don't think the evidence warrants, uh, with, not even with a high degree of probability. Yeah. So this that is, God the, is the, this the same Again, thing as the, question of the winding the question of faith, that Matt Dillon. I don't. To God and to I don't like your evidence. On my having accepted mm-hmm. Christ as my I don't like it. On January 1970. Why do they think that this is actually, why do they think that this is persuasive? Did he break it down? Did he break down what's wrong with my evidence? No, he just said, well, that's sufficient, but it's not necessary. Yeah. Okay, well, break, this argument has premises. You can go into this. We can talk about it, you know? Yeah. January 19, 22nd, 1970, and that experience has continued to sustain me through all the doubts of skepticism, all the storms that I have gone through. But I don't base, I, I cannot say that that experience of God is evidence, incontrovertible evidence, that I can from that experience go back, walk my way back to, back to God. I have to rely on faith. Incontrovertible evidence. Faith. And there I stand with Edwards and with Schleiermacher. All right, so again, God exists, therefore the universe exists. God exists has to be, it's not the, it's not the argument, right? If God exists, I grant you, the universe, uh, God is enough to bring the universe into existence. But the argument really is the universe exists, therefore the only cause of the universe, right, is God exists. The only way to explain the existence of the universe is God exists. And I repeat, it's difficult to argue from effect back to cause. Now, the big. Okay, that's all he says. It's difficult to argue from effect back to cause, but I gave you why. I give you positive evidence. Like, he's treating this. He doesn't say this, but he's treating it like a God of the gaps. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't know the answer. Yeah, God would do it, but you don't know, so you're just saying God. No, no, no. That's the same thing. I really think atheists don't know what to say here. I, I really think so. Because all they do today, then, 30 years ago is, well, it's a God of the gaps. When no, we're giving positive reasons. The universe is time, space, and matter, right? So things can't bring themselves into existence. Those cause must be spaceless, timeless, non-material. My thing is, there was no determinism in a spaceless, timeless state. So whatever the cause is must have freedom of the will, right? So it must have libertarian freedom. What sort of things have free will? Agents do. So, plus it has to have causal power. I mean, we're giving you positive reasons, but all we got from him was a brushing off of the evidence saying uh, it's hard to get back from the effect to the cause. And you know what? It's not always hard to get back from the effect from the cause. Yeah. You can think of alternative scenarios, but that doesn't make the one that you're complaining about false. Right. This is not even an argument. Yeah. You know? Big Bang does seem to lend support to a finite universe, and I think every scientist today worth anything is willing to grant that the universe is indeed process finite, of elimination can but again the beginning need not be out the, the big bang theory as we have it in science not in religion not in creationism is completely silent as to what may have caused the big bang it's not either god or nothing we just don't know so the real the real attitude the real responsible attitude we don't is know not scientifically. Have enough evidence to work our way back to god we must remain silent 
Like any triumphalist. Cl- yeah, we so, do. Uh, the lab coat so priesthood, yeah. as it told us. Yeah. So we must remain silent and wait for our scientists. Yeah, we got to let the lab coat priesthood yeah. tell us. Mm-hmm. No, we have ways of getting back to God through historiography, through philosophy. This this dogmatic, narrow-minded uh, approach that says only science, you know? Yeah, which is something you can't prove with science anyway. It's right, that's a philosophical... Yeah. It's just dogmatism. It's just naturalistic dogmatism because they know that if they open it up to philosophy or anything else, oh, daggummit, God slips in the door, yeah, you it, know? It, well, and if... The fact that the fact that you haven't got it through your head yet that it's self-defeating, irrational, illogical, and you need to chunk it because you sound like a clown by buying into this stuff that only science can give you knowledge or truth or whatever. The fact that that doesn't register calls into question your intellectual acuity. Right. I don't know where my atheist friends stand on this, but yeah. I think that people should try to be free thinkers. I don't know how they feel about that, but we kind of hold that as a high value. Yeah, if you can't, if you can't, it's like relativists in saying there's no absolute truth, making that claim mm-hmm. that self-referential. supposed to be an absolute truth. Right. right. Are you, the fact that that just doesn't register, the right. fact that scientism is self-refeating. Things should only be believed if they are scientifically right. demonstrable. Which, which you can't prove that right. statement. In sci- the fact that you can't means that your intellectual acumen is called into question we we should seriously it's like denying the uh law of non-contradiction mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. yeah you you got to stop you Claims you have to stop that he must be god it's just simply illusory. and join now dr brax reported stephen hawkins the grind the sign and i think that uh, when stephen hawkins in his latest book says that the universe the question is why is there something rather than nothing which is really an expression. Now, I don't think he, he thought that, I, I, don't, I don't remember, but I, I don't know if he knew that I had read that book. The book had just come out. Mm-hmm. And on the plane, by the providence of God, on the plane to Miami, not knowing I was even going to have this debate, I read The Grand Design. Mm-hmm. So I was prepared for this. Expression of what is called the principle of sufficient reason. Uh, there must be a sufficient reason why something exists. Hawkins says, well, we've answered the question. Uh, why is there something rather than nothing? Well, because the universe comes from nothing. Now, I've oversimplified what Hawkins is saying. I grant you that. But the fact of the matter is, he does accept that the universe, the explanation of the universe is that it has no explanation. It came from nothing. Now, intuitively, most... Now, we know that that's false. For those of you that weren't paying attention, back when the Grand Design came, first came out, because now it's been, you know, nine years ago. When the Grand Design came out, what Hawking was trying to say is that it, what he calls nothing is a roiling sea of fluctuating positive and right. negative energy that's out of balance, and he calls that nothing. Well, what you have there is a balance of positive and negative energy. Um, you have, uh, you have, uh, sorry, I got an email. I was just noticing that. You have space for that energy to exist in. You have time in order for the fluctuations to happen. So you already have a universe. It's not nothing, right? right? And so what Hawking is saying is, so then, yeah, you could have a fluctuation and the universe could result. But, you, but it's kind of like I've said this before, like the old guy that... Um, the old uh, the, the old cartoon where the atheist says to God, I can make a man just like you can make a man. And so he says, oh, yeah. He says, yeah, just take a little dirt and a little water. And God says, wait a minute, get your own dirt and water. That's my dirt and water. Right. You know, that's so anyway, uh, you don't have nothing. So, no, Stephen Hawking didn't believe because he, he what he was calling nothing isn't nothing. Most right. of us have been weaned on the principle of sufficient reason. Most of us intuitively accept that that reason is rational. Let me add that the principle of sufficient reason as defended by Leibniz, the grateful German philosopher of the 17th century, he himself could not prove that that principle was logical. So if it is not logical, it's an empirical issue. Intuition counts for nothing. Intuition is not evidence and it's not logic. We have been wrong about... 
listen to this guy who was just praising the reformers a moment ago and praising like you know all, all the listen to him tell me that you can't go with to intuition at all yeah it counts for nothing no 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 i believe intuition i liked what uh trent doherty just said he was on jmd you know john dunphy's yeah. show he was just on there and he said i'm an intuitionist yeah. now now I'm, I'm not where he is exactly but i am on this as far as this goes he's like no no, no. he said you don't have, think about it how often do you really sit around thinking i wonder what's right and wrong no you know what's right and wrong what you sit around thinking about is should I do the wrong thing, right? <laughs> and he says, like abortion, murdering children in the womb. He's like, everybody knows that's wrong. You're, that's ridiculous. That's absurd to try to say that that's not wrong. Everybody knows that's wrong. They're not sitting around wondering whether that's wrong. What they're trying to do is come up with some weird, inconsistent worldview that allows for them to do something that they want to do. Yeah. And he's like, because intuitively, you know that that's wrong. To say that intuition counts for nothing, I mean, come on, you know? about many of our logical intuitions. For many centuries, we believed that the axiom of parallels of Euclid was logically and absolutely certain. And yet, general relativity has proved that that axiom is empirical. It has been disproved. Even today, quantum mechanics shows that the law of the excluded middle, P or not P, which was taken as a law of logic ever since Aristotle began to codify logic, that itself is also an empirical issue. Therefore, I think it is very difficult to defend any principle on a priori grounds, such as the principle of sufficient reason, and just simply assume it willy-nilly as if we did not have to defend it. The principle is questionable, and we don't have to assume it, despite the fact that I grant it is culturally counterintuitive, but not necessarily false. Therefore, the, reason, the universe may not have needed a reason in the way the principle demands, and it may not have needed God or anything for that matter. It simply may have come out of nothing. Now, I will not go as far as Hawkins was saying that, indeed, that comes out of nothing. I'm going to see more evidence. Now, the argument the from contingency so far, is based on the principle of sufficient reasons. The Kalam is not... This is the same thing we got into with James White, yeah. right? We, but we won't go there. <laughs> theistic one. I reject on the basis of the evidence, both the theistic hypothesis and that we came from nothing. I stand. The evidence is simply not enough to certify either view. See, here, here's a question. This came up in my response video to Cosmic Skeptic, Matt Dillahunty and Rationality Rules. You remember, Cosmic Skeptic was trying to say, uh, you know, okay, uh, you don't worry, of course you don't worry that you're going to come home from the market and there's a horse that has just popped into existence uncaused out of nothing with no reason um, in your living room, right? But in a state of actual nothingness, we've never had a state of actual nothingness. Maybe in a state of actual nothingness, that could happen. And it's like, hold on, you, you, you realize that in your, in your living room, there's all kinds of causal things that can happen. Right. The, the, the space is filled with all kinds of particles and things, and there are causal agents there. But in a state of nothingness, there is no causal agent. There's nothing. There is no powers. If, if, if there are powers, then it's not nothing. There are no possibilities. If there are, it's not nothing. There, there are no properties. If there are, then that's not nothing. There are no potentialities. If there are, it's not nothing. So you're saying it's more likely that something could come to exist in a state of actual timeless nothingness than it is in your living room with all kinds of causal forces at work. Right. Yes, it's absurd to think that a horse might pop into existence uncaused in your in your living room. All the more it's absurd to think that in a state of nothingness that that right. could happen. Actual nothingness, yeah. not in like in your office right now. Right. There's this is not nothingness. There's all kinds of stuff going on right. around my hands, in my hands. Right. All you know. that quantum mechanics stuff that yeah, everyone yeah. makes up. Right. Basically, sorry, science yeah. stinks. You can, you, can, you can say everything's quantum mechanics nowadays. Yeah. The argument from the science is getting a lot of ink today. And I agree that it is impressive. Even the philosopher Immanuel Kant, he's a great work, The Critique of Pure Reason, written in 1781, when he evaluated and severely criticized all these arguments, granted that the argument from the science was the one that had the highest probability of being true, of proving that God existed. 
And Dr. Braxton has brought up concepts like intelligent design, or he has brought up concepts like the anthropic principle, or the fine-tuned universe. And I have gone to the University of Miami at FIU. I have met with uh, and yeah. heard different defenders of intelligent design who uh, have presented quite interesting pieces of evidence from molecular biology. But they have all, always, all of them concluded uniformly, that right now all we have is piecemeal details that are very suggestive, but we don't have anything comprehensive enough to constitute a theory let's say, on the level of Darwin's theory of evolution, as far as we can tell from the evidence, until more evidence is produced Darwin's for intelligent design at the, macro at the micro level, we simply have to remain you agnostic just said that was one and yield to the fact that the evidence that is simply not it. enough. Now, what about the big Yeah, but we're talking about intelligent, a, uh, the anthropic principle. intelligent design isn't as viable as right? something uh, stupid like evolution. Had, things have been different in one degree. I believe that's your word. Sorry, theistic evolution is stupid. But look, the fact of the matter is... You can take it up with Michael Jones when we have him on the show. Yeah, I'll tell him, evolution is stupid. There's no evidence for it. Uh, results Science, uh, in biology is historical. Uh, simply this, you know, this elaborate complexity that biology and science and elegance and fit and so on, they all suggest that there's some intelligent design. Again, I repeat, it's simply not enough. The idea, however, the idea of a blind mechanism, which is what natural selection, right, Darwin's theory of natural selection really is, could produce a highly complex organism in which even external conditions, such as a distance from our sun, seem to work together in a harmonious fit for the benefit of human species. All of that, right, the, the Darwin's theory, the blind mechanism of Richard Dawkins, his interpretation of evolution, sounds rightly counterintuitive, but I submit to you, uh, the counterintuitiveness is just simply not enough to support the intelligent science view. There are two competing views, but only the Darwinian view, only the view that in which there is no design, in which the universe is a blind mechanism, has a comprehensive theory. What do the intelligent design people have? Piecemeal critiques. They poke holes, but they offer no comprehensive theory. Until I see a comprehensive theory that is experimentally supported, by the evidence, then I cannot let go. I cannot relinquish Darwin, and I cannot relinquish that from the point of view of the evidence, the universe is indeed the blind mechanism that Dawkins and before him, David Hume says it is. Lastly, on this point, the fine-tuned universe can be interpreted we'll without the that hypothesis. Again. We have survived no, I, because we have adapted to absurd. conditions. Not because this, we've been chosen idea, because the universe has been I, I still go back to what William Lane Craig said against Frank, whatever, Zindler, that one debate that Craig had in 93 with uh, Frank Zindler. Zindler, right. That if evolution is, is as dumb as evolution is, in my opinion, that it's still, if that was to actually be the case, that's more evidence that God exists. Right. If evolution is true, yeah. then it, 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 I, think that, I think the thing planting is that there hasn't been enough time in the, in the history yeah. of the universe in order for it to happen. So that it happened is evidence of design. Yeah, yeah. And, and William like Craig made that point, to, and that stuck with me. That if, so, if something, let's say that I'm wrong, and evolution is still mm -hmm. true, right? The theistic evolutionists are right. Well, okay, because it still makes more sense that something that absurd could <laughs> occur in the amount of time that it's given, right? Because God superintended the process, right? Of course, I don't believe that for a second because I think evolution's stupid. But what do you think about evolution? Stupid. <laughs> the sun, there would be no human life as we know it. Life would be totally different, right? But just because we are where we are, it means human life evolved. It means we have adapted yeah, to these conditions. You know those people, right? Right now they get cold, they're like, there's the so many X amount of Americans who don't believe in evolution. One of them. The right conditions, not by design, have a doctorate, too, by the way. Seeds. Look, when any one of us wins the lottery, and I have never won I don't the lottery, buy it either. all of us feel yeah. there must have been a plan. There must have been a design that maybe win the lottery, right? In other words, we are the survivors. Of course we feel chosen. Of course we feel the universe but has been fine-tuned for our pleasure. Don't if, care about it. Because our view of the universe is if highly If I found it was true, only survivors wouldn't get to care. I wouldn't only stop being a Christian. Only talk about a God no. who is uh, benevolent and who has created everything for our good. That's just, from an evidential point of view, a fiction. The evidence is not enough. 
As I said, when you win the lottery, it's I not just, like the There's less can, evidence for evolution being true science. than for God's Hume's existence. Evidential argument. How much time do I have? Two minutes. Hume's evidential argument it still stands. The universe appears to be, from the point of view of evidence, a poor architect, not, not that rational, uh, intelligent creator. Look at the diseases. Look at the earthquakes. The asteroid that could strike at any moment and wipe us from the face of the earth. Right? They could destroy it. Like 60 million years ago, ago, the dinosaurs were destroyed. Right? What the sign of the universe show for them? What benevolence did the I just looked down and I had a comment on the Joe Rogan video that I just released, Joe mm -hmm. Rogan and Michael Shermer. This guy says, you just used Rogan's name for hits. Any point you were trying to make is now illegitimate. Okay, th this is the problem with logic among certain people on the internet. Yeah. Even if he's right that I just used Joe Rogan's name for hits, which isn't entirely wrong. Does it follow? <laughs> Does it follow that none of my points are legitimate? Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but again, it goes back to the fact that the people who claim to be the bastions of reason and logic know almost nothing about it and never can employ it correctly. That's why they're falling for scientism and empiricism and relativism and all kinds of isms. Well, it's narrow-mindedness. It's, yeah. do it's dogmatism. It's yeah. dogmatically, you know, it's... Uh, it's I mean, be free thinkers. The universe show for them. According to science, 95 to 98% of all species have become extinct. Again, we are the survivors. For us, there is the sign. But what about for the rest of the of, the, oh, of life? You, you hear that? He's giving the, there's bad design out there. There's mm -hmm. bad design. This is where I'm going to have what the thing that I think about when I think of this debate. This is one of the top ones when I come back on my rebuttal. There's no design for them. What about the tsunami five years ago that killed 250,000 people in Indonesia? What about the earthquake in Haiti that killed 150,000? And the misery in that country is still going. Where is the design? We who live in the most privileged part of the world, we enjoy all this. Let, let me tell you something that I'm just realizing now. So that was an apologetics conference that I was the only speaker at. Mm -hmm. The night before this, I gave a talk on the problem of evil, and I brought up that tsunami. I brought up that, that Haiti thing. I brought all those things up. And so I had all that data in my head. I, you know what I'm starting to believe, and people can say whatever they want. I didn't have eight months to prepare for this thing. But I find that I was reading Grand Design on the flight. I find that I was using some of his statistics already. Maybe God had something to do with that, you yeah. know? Could be. Benefits. Of course for us there is a sign because we feel chosen. But look at it more objectively from the point of the evidence. There is no such thing. It is quite fictitious. Lastly, the moral argument that there is an objective morality. The major flaw with that response is that, unfortunately, it begs the question. You cannot start an argument by assuming there is an objective morality. As far as the evidence goes, there is no objective morality. And the morality that we do have, we can account when, in purely naturalistic when, uh, terms. We don't need the God hypothesis to explain why killing is bad. Killing don't is you bad. miss those days? <laughs> Actually, I think this was the period where, this was just before that. This was the period where nobody wanted to say there was no objective morality. Even the atheists didn't want to come out and say that because right. it made them sound horrible. This guy, eh, the evidence doesn't say there's subjective <laughs> morality. <laughs> Bad because it causes suffering. Adultery is bad because it causes suffering and pain, right? And we, nobody wants anybody else to cheat on you. That's why. Look at the Old Testament. Look at the code of ethics of the New Testament. You don't need a God to derive that. We can derive it from our own minds and experience. We have learned quite a bit. In why is causing suffering bad? Furthermore, right. There is a lot of disagreement, and there is no evidence at all. You can't say it's bad. You can say we don't like it. And like-minded <laughs> thinkers that there is such a thing as an objective morality. Of course, I agree. Well, if I assume objective intro. morality, then yeah. the guy hypothesis makes a lot of sense. Like-minded thinkers. It, and I think the evidence shows that I don't have to. Therefore, I reject it. Thank you very much. Now, I will tell you, I, 
there's a I give a kind of a blinding lights response. But yeah. for those of you who don't know, my first book was Blinding Lights. Best and I was much more vitriolic there than I've ever been since. Uh, Pritchard Prime on steroids. He was just uh, he's just <laughs> That's why we keep saying everybody. So I do a little bit of that on the I don't I don't honestly I this is my first debate. I'm not saying it was a slam dunk. I think I won, but there were things that I don't like that happened. Uh, a couple but one of those is I don't think I gave the best response to the moral on, on defending the moral argument. I I think I did okay, but I don't think I gave the best. I didn't say what I would say now, but what I say that isn't really the whole story and isn't the best that I would do now, I say with such like confidence <laughs> and like you know shatter the backboard type. You'll see. Yeah. Oh, also, and what I say isn't wrong. Okay, so it's right. confidence, but it's not. I'm not. It's not misplaced confidence. This debate's going to go. For All right. Well, let me respond to some of the things that uh, Professor Alvarez has so passionately said tonight during his opening remarks. First, when he comes to discuss the cosmological argument for the existence of God, he agrees that God is perhaps a sufficient uh, explanation for the, uh, uh, the universe. However, he says, but we cannot argue that he is a necessary cause for the existence of the universe. At first, he seemed to give no response to the argument itself, but then he did come around to say a couple of things. And I want to comment on those right here from the start. He said first, well, we don't know what could have been actually the cause for the Big Bang. It could have been the case that it wasn't God, but that it was something else. Well, first of all, let me make it clear that this, I think, is a misunderstanding of the argument. I'm not saying that the, begin that the cause of the Big Bang has to be God. I'm saying that the cause of the universe itself is, uh, must be God. Here's what that means. Even if there is, as some physicists have hypothesized, even if there were a chain of Big Bangs, even if it were the case that there was a Big Bang and then it collapsed in on itself and then another Big Bang and it collapsed in on itself, if that went on over and over again, there was an initial point in time where the beginning of the universe must have occurred. And the cause of that beginning would have to be God. Now, then he goes to address the matter of Stephen Hawking's and his new book, The Grand Design. And he says, I'm not really all that persuaded ultimately by Hawking either. I'm not persuaded by Brown. Okay, I, I didn't know. Okay, I, I haven't watched this in so long that I didn't know what I was going to say. And I didn't say everything that I would say now. Yeah. But I didn't think that guy knew some of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not persuaded by Hawking. He says Hawking claims also that the universe began out of literally nothing. However, even though this is what Stephen Hawking claims that he uh, holds in his book, when you actually read the grand design, as I have, you come to find that the, the uh, as the, I had the two days ago, yeah, <laughs> on the plane on the way to Miami, yeah, you left that part out. There is providence in this. Yeah, uh, you can't see it, but that place was full. There was like 800 people in the auditorium. There was a bunch in an overflow room somewhere else, yeah. and there were a thousand watching online. So and somebody translating in the earpieces yeah, too, right? Yeah, I, I was absolutely. You know what's weird? I was absolutely terrified going into it, but by this point, I had found my stride. Yeah. Moment of the origin of the universe actually occurred in space and in time. Here's the problem with that: space, even if time did not exist and only space exists, that is still something. And if something existed, then that's not the universe coming from literally nothing. Well, then he says, um, you can't argue back from the effect to the cause. And then he gave uh, an example of how he may come in here wet and we assume that he took a shower. Well, here's my response to that. I would ask Professor Alvarez to give me any other alternative that would explain the existence of the universe. Now, he seemed to touch. Because he's, he's setting up a defeater, but he never gives us a defeater. Right. You can say shower, 
rain. If you come in wet, whatever. yeah, you could have fallen in a pond. Okay, those are defeaters shit. for for your analogy. Those are defeaters for my argument. Right, <laughs> right. So you need to do you need to give other options like that that are possible. Yeah, that happens. Cause. That happens a lot. A lot of people will defeat their own analogies to defeat your argument without ever defeating the argument. That right. that's a common atheist. You mean trend. they defeat the analogy, but not the actual yeah, argument? Yeah, and they, it, what right. do we call that? A straw, straw man. man. Yeah. Anticipation that I might make it. He said, well, we're simply not at the place in modern physics where we can say anything with any degree of certainty about the initial cause of the universe. However, you know where modern physics is now? We can know some things it's, about let's what Let's get rid of the principle of falsifiability. Let's chunk that. Let's just make up math equation yeah. must have been call it. It had, because it was the cause of the universe remember not Whatever. just the other thing before the big bang the actual cause of the whole universe coming into existence out of literally no time no space no matter at all then it must have been not a natural cause but what we could refer to as a supernatural cause that means it could not be anything that's in the universe as i already said in my opening remarks it can't be in time it can't occupy space it cannot be comprised of matter and so we already know that much now someone might say as may have been implied already well what about something else that could have caused it that falls into those categories. Say, for example, something else that is not in time, not material, and not in space. A They're pixie. Like that. Some mathematicians. A pixie. I got it. A pixie. <laughs> like a universe-creating pixie. Right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Or ham and cheese sandwich. Or whatever the spaghetti monster. Whatever else Flying you want to put. Spaghetti monster. Cosmic right. butterfly. And perhaps right. the principle 2 plus 2 equals 4 would still exist as a concept even outside of our universe. But here's the problem. Con uh, abstract concepts such as that are not things that have what we call causal powers. The only things that are like that, that do have causal powers, are minds. And so I say to you that a mind that is outside of time, outside of space, not made of matter, is the only are alternative the as a cause on your for the universe. And I don't say this as a god of the gaps I'm sort sure of fallacy. Like the uh, ancient religions may have said, we don't know what lightning is, so we If they only god. knew how little I'm we saying, care about what, what they say... Know, deductively we oh, I care what they say. The ones, that are not, the ones that are nice, I care what they say. The ones that are nice. There was a guy who was having what seemed like a reasonable discussion with me yesterday, and then he like, you know, called me some expletives and said that I was abusing children by teaching them that God exists and oh, things like that. And I was like, okay, I was enjoying talking to you till now. We're done. Yeah. Yeah. Look, there's a reason why you're a YouTube commenter, and Braxton does. Oh, debates. don't do, don't do that. There's don't, a, don't, don't do that. I'm boasting, nice. The Lord has blessed, because Jesus exists and has decided to bless his life, there's a disparity between the level of Braxton Hunter and the sewer of YouTube atheism. I'm Braxton Hunter, and I do not endorse these comments. I'm Jonathan Pritchett, and you are way beneath Braxton. The fact that he reads those YouTube comments, I I'll go ahead and admit I'm way above that. Well, you know, th there's going to be people now put comments and say, these guys just sitting around patting each other on the back. I'm so sick of it. Yeah, and I won't read it. You like that? We can uh, come to I'm above it. things about what this cause would have been. Now, let me move forward. He then talks about the design argument. Let me say right from Here we the Here we go. Here we go. quite a okay. bit about evolution. But I want you to notice, in my opening remarks, I said nothing about biological evolution. I focused all of my guns on the initial, uh, uh, the, the, initial uh, the early moments Conditions. of the universe. And for that reason, I argued those things which are somewhat outside of biological evolution here on Earth. He mentioned that he's gone to other places and gone to some prestigious universities. And there he's spoken to people who find that the evidence is not conclusive. Well, that's interesting. I'd love to have them here to discuss it with them. But a second point needs to be made about such <laughs> Bring them on. <laughs> yeah, I've never been impressed with... I talked to a smart guy who disagrees with you. Okay. Where is he?
<laughs> is when he mentioned them and That's microbiology, that is not what I was mentioning. I didn't say anything about evolution. Even if evolution turns out to be the case, this would not explain the design that we find at the initial moments of the universe, at the origin, the first few seconds after the universe began to exist. And for that reason, I don't think that biological evolution really has much to say to our topic tonight. Um, let's see, what else did he mention? He mentioned that I quoted one physicist as saying things could have been different and the universe didn't have to happen the way it did. Yes, I did say that. However, my point was not, and the point of that physicist is not to say that it could have been different and been life-permitting. That is possible, but it is, I can't tell you how small the probability is. It is vanishingly small, the chance that that could have happened. That is why, when he mentioned a moment ago, well, I don't think that there is a high, extremely high probability that on the evidence that God caused the universe, I am showing exactly that when I show that chance will not account for this. He then mentions, well, okay, but uh, there are many things that happen every day that are extremely, the chances are infinitesimally small, like winning the lottery. And I hope if you did win the lottery that you are tithing to your church, I might say. <laughs> but I would uh -huh. say that uh, even in such a case, Don't that is jokes, extremely you're allowed. Uh, unique. Now they However, call them dad jokes, but that's... Yeah, it's a weird dad joke. I was, I w well, I was a dad, but I wasn't old enough to be a weird dad. You have to be, your kids have to be old enough that you can embarrass them. And they laugh at before, you. Right. <laughs> before you're a weird <laughs> yeah. dad. What intelligent design so that's a bad argue, That's an honorific title, weird dad. Right. <laughs> It's not just that something that incredibly unlikely happens warrants belief in God or warrants belief in intelligent design, but rather that, not, that, that incredibly high levels of improbability and independent specified complexity. Let me give you an example. What if we were all play, playing bridge? And if we were, you would win because I don't know much about bridge. But what if we were all <laughs> playing bridge? And every single time that I played Did a you hand, ever learn I played how to play a perfect... Bridge? No, I don't know how to play bridge. I, I did know how to play poker for There's a bit. There's a bridge club gone. right down the road from where on Covert It's now. a bunch of old people. I like a I'm bunch sure. of old people. I do too. They're you not know, YouTube atheist yeah. commenters. You know how to find the best restaurants in town? Go to the old people. That's game. right. Rafferty's. And After a while, Shriners. you would begin to get incredibly skeptical about my honesty, and you would want to know how I was manipulating the game and cheating you out of your bridge game. You know why in I pick on the YouTube atheist commenters? Why? Because they're the thinnest skin. They get so sensitive and outraged that they tweet and they they put nasty comments on our YouTube channel, which we delete. Again, not all of them, but you know you can tell because. The ones that are like you're describing, they're so hurt that they go directly. They bypass, I disagree with you. I see it differently. Let's have a conversation about that. And they go directly to, you're evil and dishonest and a child abuser for telling people there's a God. Right. Well, okay. <laughs> and you're stupid because you believe in God. Yeah. How gullible can you be? Right. So, so since they're like that, this is why I pick on them in, in our videos. And the fact that I can ruin their whole day, that they will take time out of their day to decry me in listen, the YouTube comments that I'll never read. Listen, it brings me pleasure that I waste your time. You, the angriest of YouTube commenters that are out there, <laughs> I want you to know, happy. you have a safe haven and a refuge in the arms of Braxton Hunter. Jonathan may be angry and mean and play I'm not bad angry cop. and mean. I'm, I'm delighted that I take up time of your day. <laughs> What we both want is for you to come to know Jesus because we do love you. Whoever that you is true. Yeah. That Saying is that true. It's incredible improbability. Every time someone deals a deck of cards to you, uh, say in a poker game, any arrangement is just is incredibly improbable. It's but it's the specified complexity of having the perfect hand to win the game that tips you off that it happens several, several times in a relatively small period of time. Something else See, is going on See, these kind here, right? of things make it so much more relatable to audiences than the jibber-jabber and the dillahunty debate. Now, again, I, I don't want to sound arrogant here. I really don't, and I'm not that type of guy, but I, I do want you to notice that two days to prepare for this. Yeah. And frankly, I think my analogies and responses are 
you know, pretty spot on. Right. And it, and it's just, it, you know what? It just comes from at that point being an apologetics geek and having studied this stuff for a long time. I'm not saying it's the best I could have done. I don't know that I could do better right now. Frankly, this cat's doing better than I expected. <laughs> so he mentions that. I don't want to miss anything. Uh, I don't want to miss saying anything else. Okay. He talks about suffering in the world. He says, well, okay. Or design, poor design. He says, there's all these examples of. Oh, here it comes. Poor design. This is one of the things I look back on and think about with this debate. Because I had just been to dinner just before the debate with a family from Cuba who was telling me about the car that I'm going to talk about right now of poorly designed things or things that don't uh, don't function very well or things that we can imagine on the evidence could have been better designed well let me just say that poor design from our perspective does not mean an absence of design i've become aware that in cuba and this may be a negative term i don't know there's a certain kind of car and it's can i use that term a footingo right is that right okay uh, i understand that that term is used for an old car or a poorly designed car however a footingo may be more poorly designed than a brand new 2010 bmw but it's still designed and gives incredible evidence of that. And that's important that you understand that. That's so vital that you understand such a thing. We can pin so, so Ford Motor Company had apparently gone to Cuba and developed an automatic transmission automobile. And when they advertised it, they put foot dash the letter N dash go. Foot and go. Because they wanted to emphasize you don't have to change gears. You just right. it does it on its own. So but the people who spoke a different language, they had Fatingo, and they started calling it a Fatingo. Well, it was such a terrible car. You can look up images and videos and stuff online. It was such a terrible car that that became like the term jalopy. It became the term right. for a really bad car. And so when he said bad design, I'm like, well, nobody doubts that this car was designed. Just because right. you think it's badly designed doesn't mean it wasn't designed. If I granted you that stuff's poorly designed, it's still designed, right? Yeah. Yeah. You could point, tell this is a church crowd, though, because they laugh at all of your jokes. No, you know why they laughed? Because it wasn't a church. There were a lot of church people there. There were a lot of visitors who were skeptics. Yeah. A lot of people from his school came. You want to know why they laughed? Because they're all Cuban. And when I said Fatingo, they were like, ah, this American kid knows about Fatingos. Right. Yeah. And, so you're, Yeah, okay. So design. That's what archaeologists do. Intelligent design is not just confined to evolution or, or to the universe. It's also what archaeologists are doing. And so let me move on. What about the incredible amount of suffering that goes on in the world? Well, the logical argument from evil that that is somehow incompatible with the existence of God has been put to bed by philosophers today. There is no contradiction. So long as we can imagine anything that would explain the two, that's called a philosophical defeater, such as the free will theodicy, the idea that God wanted to create beings of free will. What about objective moral values? He says, I simply just don't accept that morality is objective. Oh, here comes my slam dunk break the backboard thing. Fine, you can say that, and I don't have time to defend that further right now. Maybe in my next speech. But I'll say this. If you adopt that, even though this may seem unpopular, what you are saying is that there's nothing really wrong with the rape and murder of a child. Yeah, that was blinding lights. So. Yeah, and he's like, well, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be us. Quit laughing. It already is. Uh, on the cosmological argument, uh, I'm, I'm surprised you use the word deductively, while all your arguments seem to be inductive. Uh, nope. This is a deductive the argument. The Kalam argument is a deductive yeah, look, argument. Look, Harvard. <laughs> See? No, Charles, it's not the classic Harvard. As far as I know, the only deductive Harvard argument is. is the ontological argument, and nobody has invoked it here uh, tonight. And these arguments are not strictly deductive by definition. They're all inductive. They're all based on probability. 
No. I, I was a little confused about that. Come on, I don't Harvard. What you mean by saying I, I know that there is no that this is the only alternative. That's precisely what's at issue here. It is not the only alternative. We, we have all this universe with all this complexity. Yes, I grant you that God would be a sufficient condition given the def definition of the classical God. Sorry for my ice crunching. But, but to say that any other explanation other than God is living in the universe, it's just simply so um, way beyond the evidence that I really have no, I don't understand why you made it. I don't know and what to say. You comment about deductively, that yeah. somehow deductively we can establish I don't like God. the evidence. Uh, I don't like the uh, evidence. Uh, well, who cares? Uh, there's no, I, I still stand by what I said. That's, I, I that line has gotten old in the you last nine years. Uh, that simply have to be God. Be I don't have anything better to say, so I'm just going to say I don't like the Again, evidence. This doesn't mean that there is no God. I'm not saying that there is no God. I'm simply saying on the basis of evidence, which is what's at issue here. It's just simply not enough to establish, to work our way back from the effect to the cause. On the intelligent design, issue. Um, again, now you did use there the, the high level of probability, and you brought up the argument from evil, which in a way was, under, was underlying some of the comments uh, that I was making uh, to show that there is indeed a great deal of suffering in the, in the universe. Uh, and then you brought up the, supposedly the two refutations of the problem of evil. One is the free will defense of Alvin Plantinga. But I think, uh, with all the respect to Alvin Plantinga's argument, the free will defense handles moral evil quite well. Notice I did not blame God for Al-Qaeda and bin Laden. I did not blame God for massacres that human beings have and continue to perpetrate on human beings. Those are things for which we're responsible, and we simply cannot blame God. All my examples were cases of natural evil, and I don't think the free will defense works very well with natural evil. Now, on the other argument... Yeah, the free will defense works perfectly fine with natural evil. If you get inside the worldview and you uh, try to see is it internally consistent, yeah, all all evil, uh, all you know, moral evil or natural evil goes back to a free choice to disobey God with the original couple. Or, or forget that. Do you believe in climate change? If you believe that human behavior can affect the natural world, then shut up. Yeah. Or, you do or, or stop, stop talking about climate change and global warming. You do believe that moral or human actions have consequences in the yeah in the natural world. So yeah. yeah, you don't you don't even have to step inside. You either can grant that or quit talking about global warming. Yeah, and I like how um, Clay Jones mm -hmm. is that the guy from Biola? Yes, wonderful professor Clay Jones. He just did who wrote his book because I kept bugging him on Facebook. For years. There's a Clay Jones uh, video with Cameron Bertuzzi. Or keep bugging me because on, it, it, on I'll cap get to one. Yeah, you need to write a book. Yeah. On capturing Christianity, they did an interview. Yeah. And there was something about, well, what is, does there really a, was there really a historical Adam and Eve? What if there wasn't and all that? And Clay Jones was like, yeah, there was. And Christians need to stop. No Christian should be saying there wasn't a historical Adam and Eve. That idea that there wasn't just needs to die, yeah. right? Amen. You believe that? I do. I do too. Amen. And if there was a historical Adam and Eve, guess what? This all goes back to a free choice on the part of man. Now, if you want to say, well, yeah, but what if you believe in an old universe and you're not a young earth creationist? It can still work. William Dembski can help you out with that. Or you can come to Trinity College of the Bible and Theological Seminary and take my course on the problem of evil, and I go through the various models. Yes, mm -hmm. but the point is free, the free will theodicy perfectly well takes care of that. I, I don't know if this— I believe in a I don't historical know if this, Adam and Eve. Do you believe in a, you believe in yes, a historical Adam Yes, absolutely. I don't know if this evolution is stupid. I, I don't know if this if this <laughs> right. uh, uh, alternate universe Braxton Hunter that we're watching right now is going to say anything else about that. But yeah. I wanted to say it. Is the uh, the other argument is a little more subtle, and I grant you that the atheist Nelson Pike, in a very famous paper, he's an atheist, in a very famous paper that I've studied carefully called Human Evil, actually does refute the logical argument from evil that Hume gives us in Part Eleven of the Dialogues concerning yeah. natural religion. I, I grant you that. But Thank look you. at the argument. The, the real issue jump 
turns on this. Could God have had a sufficiently moral reason for allowing the suffering that exists in the universe? Yes. Well, if you're a parent and your child is sick and you put him into the bathtub without... Uh, get ready for an emotional argument here. ...ice because he or she has I'm a fine with that. That child is suffering, right? You, you have put him under the ice so that you can bring the fever down, you can save his life and save his brain from brain damage. So Pike convincingly argued... I'm fine with God emotional arguments as long as... Uh, he didn't go where I thought. He was, he was saying... He was saying sometimes the person, like, mm -hmm. like, you know, being under surgery, put, mm -hmm. you know, doing surgery on a kid. It, it, to the kid, it seems like this is evil, but mm -hmm. you're actually helping, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, but again. But uh, even if it was an emotional argument, you're like, yeah, that's fine because we're emotional beings. Right. And as long as it can go both ways. Yeah. Yeah. Moral reason for allowing the. It's not necessarily an appeal to pity there. It's mm -hmm. just giving an analogy. You know? Some sort of human of myself to say that there is so much evil that there is no way for there to be a God. Which is what really Hume wanted to get out of that argument, right? Because the evil is so immense that there is no way for a God who is omnipotent and holy good to have allowed it. My if you want to appeal to pities, watch presidential debates. Way beyond the evidence. His we should do X, Y, and Z because some poor the way person Nelson needs judges. this. He goes way beyond the evidence. So therefore, However, my taxes should go that, up. Is there enough evidence That's for the suffering that we have that we can guarantee that there is a God? No. The evidence that we have keeps mounting. That seems to be, as Richard Dawkins says, from the point of view of evidence, a blind process with no meaning and purpose. And the meaning and purpose that we see is as much derived from our imputation, our imposing meaning on this vast, meaningless cosmic process that is totally indifferent to us. The evidence seems to be in that direction, if there is evidence at all. But I grant you, right, that the evidence is not enough to guarantee, to prove deductively or otherwise that there is no God, but the evidence is serious enough to make me doubt that any of it's these arguments suit. support the existence the of shirt God. Under I think much, the suffering of human beings, the, the shirt of, under is actually uh, worth more. You know what happened was I had preached at a church and left my suitcase mm -hmm. in the closet at that hotel, and I was driving over to North Carolina from Tennessee, where that night, I was driving over, and that night I was speaking at a Bible conference, and I realized halfway there that I left my suitcase. I'm like, what am I going to do? I went into Target and bought that suit right off the rack. It's a Target suit. This is fine, though. <laughs> Not that I'm buzz marketing for Target, but I wore it all the time. Hey, man, great. Targets, that's my, that's my thing. I couldn't fit in that suit probably now. <laughs> i got to get back there. Have cited. I like the suit better than the shirt. Bug him about uh, a book. Bug me about Braxy need to lose weight. Right now, we're under Damocles' sword. Ready no, to stop here. I want it to be known that he is talking about how he needs to lose weight. And he's talking about how I've lost weight. I want people to know, have I asked you to the gym? Yeah. Have I offered to make you lunch here at work? Like a little turkey sandwich on Yeah. 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 So I, What's that I've, got to do with anything? They don't need to... I've tried to, to... I want them to know. I don't like the way you lose weight. The way you want to lose weight. I've lost a substantial amount, like 50 pounds of weight, three times in my life. Right. I've, this is the second time I've lost a substantial amount. Right. So I have plenty of experience with my body. I'm in tune with my <laughs> body. Oh, my gosh. This sounds like an Oprah Winfrey show thing. But I'm in tune with my body. I know what helps me lose weight. And going with you at three o'clock in the morning to Planet Fitness in the to to do three reps that's, on a weightlifting that's not machine. What, that's not the totality of what I do. <laughs> well, look, I'll tell you this much. Whatever you're doing, it's working. Yes. So keep it up. Yes. I, I, I'm saying you're talking about how you need to lose weight. Yeah, I give anyone here permission to fat shame me. I've added atheists. You're actually helping the cause if you do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... I'm just saying, people are going to think that I was like, no, I wanted 
What are you saying people are going to think? They're going to think that I was like indifferent to, to like, here I am losing all this weight and I didn't care that you hadn't been. Are you actually saying, <laughs> you're saying here, I don't want people to think that I was losing this weight and getting better looking and I didn't care that Braxton was still fat. That's what I'm trying to say <laughs> as polite saying. as possible. <laughs> I have tried to, to say, look, no, I acknowledge, look, I can acknowledge all kinds of things about me. Bad teeth that I've had dental work on to get better teeth. You can watch past videos. I don't care. Okay. I was fat. One of these days, I'm going to show the before and after picture. I don't know if the internet can handle that. Yeah. The before picture is pretty scary. It's like, oh, that's why he wear all those jackets and big, you know, uh, coats and stuff. Yeah. No, seriously. I Fat shaming works. And Yeah. That's why I'm inviting. Right. And, and it. it's like, okay, I'm not going to look like that anymore. It is time to get it together. Yeah, so you don't die. That's part of it, because my doctor was like, I'm tired of you willing and worried about your heart and everything else. But, yeah, it's... But you were talking about how you need to lose weight. I've been talking about how I need to lose weight. I go and do it, and then people are thinking, here you are still talking about, about it. I, I don't think anybody thought, why didn't Jonathan care that Braxton was still... F I don't think anybody's thinking that. Well, I don't want them to think that. Okay, let's keep I've going. been there trying to get him to join me. Actually, first you invited yourself to my condo to work out with me all the time. That's but true. But you didn't like it that there was a guy in there that just talked all the time to both of us. Right. That was weird. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, a guy being friendly in Evansville is unfortunately kind of weird. No, the guy... <laughs> no, it is. It is kind of weird. Well, that's true, but the... here's the thing. When I'm at the gym, we gotta get through this. Don't video. bug me, right? That's, That's why I'm not going to the gym with music you. Time. No, but you can go and not bug me in the same building. You know, I can't go to the gym with you because where I live has a gym, and even though there's a guy in there that talks a lot, which he won't go to the gym. By the way, you won't go right. to the gym because you don't want to talk to the guy. Cause right. You don't want to be rude. Well, I, but here's the this is what's great about it's possible he could watch this. So. I love you, man. But here's the thing. I can't go to your gym and pay for a membership there because my wife's going to be like, why are you paying for membership? You don't have to pay. I when we've a got guest. a gym. I get a guest. You can't infinitely give out guests. There's not an infinite no, regression of guests. There, yes, things. yes. That's no, why I, I guarantee extra, you Planet Fitness I pay has, the extra $10. And that's the thing about everyone hates on Planet Fitness because you can't look like Schwarzenegger if you go to Planet Fitness. I don't want to. Could care less. Planet Fitness is the don't talk to me gym, and I, I love go it. It's Planet fantastic. Pizza, Pizza Planet. No, they hand out pizza at Planet Fitness around seven o'clock. That's really? why people call it Planet Fatness, right? Oh, really? That's why people think it's just a joke of a gym. But maybe. All right, let, let's let's keep anyway. going. Let's keep. Going. I think we need to do is follow up to the diet show. May have to force us to yeah. be a little bit more modest and circumspect in how we'll far we're going to push these <laughs> Therefore, I'm going to take it as. The fact that you misspoke when you used deductive, I would say there is even a high probability. Now, let me address the issue of probability. He's still on that There's deductive no thing. That Richard Swinburne, yeah, and he keeps misspeaking, saying you did. Right. <laughs> put forward the most important defense of classical theism there is, and he does it on the basis of probability. But even Swinburne admits that his argument for probability is not enough to prove the God of theism by itself. That is why he offers many arguments 
that cumulative are supposed to produce that effect. But even Swinburne has not a problem. Not Swinburne, pal. To argue for probability, awesome. you have to establish an antecedent Swinburne. probability. And right now, even yeah. probability theories admit Why don't you debate that it's the very difficult right in to rule out to say that naturalism has Hunter. less intrinsic or prior probability than theism. From the point of view of evidence, both are equally good sure, or equally bad. Crazy, probability yeah. theory simply Board. cannot be invoked to support the existence novel. of God unless you already assign a prior probability to theism vis-a-vis -vis naturalism. The last, the moral argument, comments on the moral argument. You're not even taking notes. You're like, yeah, that was a bunch of nothing. <laughs> Because it was a bunch of nothing. I apologize. Um, you, complete, you continue to reiterate precisely what you have not proven, that there is an objective morality. I grant you, it would be nice. Perhaps God could be the ground of an objective morality. Um, it would be nice, but, you know, raping people for uh, fun, there, that's not, sure. not bad. I'm very sensitive to Plato's critique in the Euthyphro. Uh, do, the goods, do the gods love the good because, the gods, uh, because it is good, or is the good good because the gods love it? Kant, in the famous work of 1793, Religion Within the Limits of Reason Alone, says there are many things in the Bible, there are many things in, uh, I wonder if there's the anybody who's going to listen through all of this video. orders genocide. What are we at? Two hours? Chapter 20, verse 16. He orders the extermination. There's no other way to use it here. You cannot gild the have a timer. The extermination of the Canaanites. And says, do not leave alive anything that breathes. Okay. If we're going to base morality on God, and say not on natural law. Sometimes it's just. I for think us, we have a problem. Yes, morality on reason has a problem. Morality on natural law basis has a problem. But I if think you listen this far, you get a gold too. star. Because as you admit it, God's ways, you yeah. it. Pine Creek does pine, pine points. We're going right? to do the prime points. Shows toward the side. If you listen this far, you get a thousand prime points. You right? You cannot, you cannot say that there is nothing. So, because God can ordain extermination of Canaanites, well, to us it doesn't look too cool, but look, from God's point of view, it has to be good. For us, it doesn't look too cool. I like the way Morality based on God is fraud. It's not too cool that God or as Plato and Kant pointed out. And none of it, none of what you said. That's the most reasonable thing I've heard somebody say about the game. He gets some pride. It doesn't look too cool. He doesn't overly try to overdo it like all the modern atheists. Yeah. So he gets prime points for that. Good job. How many prime points? One, two. Alvarez All right, well, that was a very passionate things. speech by Professor Alvarez. However, let me point out a couple of things that I have, that not, I have not argued, argued tonight. tonight. That's from that Professor Alvarez. Alvarez seems to think that I have, I have argued. argued. I have not argued for the inerrancy of, of Christian scripture. I have not mentioned anything. There goes about that the apologist the not, not and caring however, about the Bible. Professor Alvarez has just given an example of why we should not accept God's kind of morality, or at least on just the basis kidding. of evidence. No, I mean, there are people that say that, say, well, wait a minute, yeah. well, you're throwing inerrancy under the bus. No, I'm not. The point is, you have a limited amount of time to make your speech. And if I have to defend inerrancy, this thing could go off on a rabbit trail where we cover every imaginable possible Bible contradiction, and this isn't the point of the debate. Right. So even no, if I you, understand. No, I'm saying telling that you're, I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to the no, guy, they're not the one anymore. guy that's made it this far <laughs> who gets the prime points. <laughs> is the thing is you you, uh, you you yeah I don't you 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 want to point out that even if the bible was not inerrant it wouldn't mean god doesn't exist yeah right? that's and, the point. and of course it also wouldn't mean that christianity wasn't true by the way yeah and even and, and even though i'm a christian and, and i believe the bible is the inspired and inerrant word yes. of god if christianity were false yeah. that wouldn't mean god doesn't exist either that's true but it is true of what we see in the Bible, or at least that's one good reason, but I think this just falls on deaf ears. I've not brought up the Bible tonight. Let me go to the, um, the, the problem of evil, and I'll, well, let me pr address the issue of objective morality first, and we'll work, work in uh, reverse order. What exactly is Professor Albert? Now, at this point, we're, we're closing in on the ending. I think I've, we both have another speech after this, and at this point, I was starting to, because the timer gets smaller each time, right, you know, yeah. as you go through, and at this point, I'm, I'm, I'm needing to move quicker. And yeah. so I'm not, and so I'm, I'm searching for words. I can't think of words because I'm worried about that clock. 
Because this may be the first time in my life ever where I had a hard stop, you know, because I'd just been a preacher before this. So I had all the time in the world, you know. Oh, we need to be Lord done. Lord preachers. Yeah, we need to be done in 30 minutes. Okay, well, you mean 45, you know. Right. <laughs> but here, no, 20 minutes means 25 that's a, means Wait, five. that's a shout out to Austin Long for 15 to 25 minute sermons. Man, I wish that would. I'd feel gypped if I went and only got a 15 minute sermon. Shoot, not me. What do you want for the other 45 minutes? I. There's a. You want your hill song and your no, Bethel? No, no, you can cut that down to five, man. Five, 20. Five minutes. You want a 20-minute service. <laughs> and then go eat Mexican food. That's what you want. Well, That's your perfect Sunday. Yeah. Well, no. Chick-fil-A. The only day of the week I want Chick-fil-A is, you know. That's because you can't have it. That's the only yeah. reason you want it. Okay. All right, let's, that's the depravity. saying about morality. <laughs> I'm not wanting a lot of Morality has simply arisen because of societal uh, uh, decisions about what seems to work best, that is pragmatism. Is that what we're saying? Because if that's the case, then and if reproduction is the ultimate goal then of, of evolution, and this is sort of an evolutionary morality, then please tell me why it is that rape is not something that we consider to be morally allowable. Why is that? After all, we see it in the animal kingdom, don't we? After all, animals rape, and guess what? That is good for reproduction. If occasionally one of the males in this room decided that he would rape another female, it would create more offspring, perhaps. So, in the same sense that the animals do that, if it's all about reproduction, if it's all about evolution, societal or otherwise, then why is this not the case? However, we don't find that to be the case. And, in furthermore, we find that some people are willing to do things that are incredibly harmful to themselves, and, in fact, succeed in their own death for the support and help of other people. I don't see how we can justify this if morality is not objective. Experience, uh, not intuitive uh, experience, but what we see in the world and how we function, and it tells me that, that morality is objective and it must be grounded in the very nature of God. So there. See, now, now that, that I don't disagree with anything that I just said, but how, whoa, how many times am I going to say that in my life? I don't disagree with anything I just said, <laughs> but that's not oh, come on, the people, strongest people, way to approach it. No, come on. Yeah, all right. But it's, it's okay to disagree with yourself from nine, nine years, years ago or 10 years. Yeah. Well, that might... No, I'm fine disagreeing with myself. I'm just like, I'm okay with it, but that's not the strongest way to do that. Could you have done it better? Yeah, but that's Monday morning quarterbacking. Yeah, that's true. Ten years later, nine years later. Yeah, every debate that I've had, every debate except two, uh, there's at least one thing that I'm like, I wish I hadn't said that or I wish I'd said something different, except for two debates. Do you want to guess what they are? The Dillahunty debate. And? The Myron debate. Yep. Everything, everything in the deal hunting debate went precisely like I planned and wanted it to. And the Myra. And the Joe Meyer debate, too. Yeah. That I would You're mention the problem of evil, and oh, I have to say you. I was surprised I, that likewise. you argue that so ardently considering your theism. For those that don't know who are just here for the atheism, Dr. Jonathan Pritchett has a fantastic debate. Uh, on the subject of Calvinism within Christianity. You ought to go yeah. check it out. It's on our debates playlist. However, I know you're working just from the evidence, and so we'll keep it confined to that. He says, okay, the logical argument from evil has indeed been put to bed. Or maybe I'm overstating that, but it's not the issue uh, at this point. And in fact, it is kind of hard to discern always what no, you he, which role Hume adopts in his, uh, in his uh, book when he's using these different mouthpieces. However, you know where it's made a comeback? You know where, the evidence, you know where the logical argument from evil has made a comeback? Where? YouTube. YouTube atheists who are not aware that that's been put to bed. 
Because they don't read the academic literature. Right. I think the point can still be made. Let's assume he is adopting that position of, the, uh, of arguing the problem of evil. And let's go with an evidential argument of evil instead of Hume's. How can we say that, the, uh, that, that God, there's a high probability that God is still just in spite of what seem to be gratuitous evils taking place in the world? This is what William Rowe argues, the atheist. He argues this. And he uses two examples. And I don't have time to go in those, but one involves the, the brutality on a young girl and, and an animal that dies and there's nothing that comes from that. However, John Weikstra has provided an, an answer to this that I think is, is glaringly obvious once I'm you think about it. The man. only way that William Rose's argument sticks and reduces the probability of the existence of God is if it is the case that if such purposes or goods that might result from some evils, if those should be evident to us. As I was saying in a question and answer time last night, we, uh, we can't conclude that there is no gold on the planet Pluto. Why? Because if there was gold on the planet Pluto, we would have no way of being able to obviously see that from Earth. However, if we had a second moon orbiting our planet right now, we should be able to evidently see that. I just don't think that's the case when it comes to God. Now, no, okay. Since uh, okay. stops being a planet, uh, by the way. No, what I'm laughing at is I don't think anyone sitting in the crowd understood what I just said, but I sure sounded like I knew what I was talking about. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm, and I do know what I was talking about and I was right, but I don't think anybody else understood it. But that's the kind of thing that like William Lane Craig says, I don't think everyone understands everything I say the first time they hear me debate. As long as you sound good. But, but to people who've been told you got to check your brain at the door to be a Christian and then they see something like that, they think, oh, well, this guy isn't checking his brain at the door. He seems like he knows what he's talking about. And sometimes that's all it takes for them. It gives them permission to believe, you know. Yeah. Cosmological argument. Let me just say, in the few seconds I have left, he has given no alternative hypothesis to the God hypothesis. He started out doing that, it seemed, or at least maybe beginning the foundation of it in his opening remarks. However, now he has totally abandoned any attempt at that and simply said, I don't think that God as the cause is a warranted belief. However, he has not dealt the with the evidence that I've set there. forth for that. All he has said is that's that we may have good, a chain eh? of big bangs or we don't know what happened before the big bang or we don't know what might stand outside of the universe or i disagree with hawkins but i want you to see that so far we have heard no argument no serious formal argument or any other why the cosmological argument fails it just seems to be that he claims i just think there's not enough evidence yet and we wonder how much will it take damn <laughs> you get a snarl on your face when you go <laughs> how much will it take that's like how much does it take the moral, man the moral issue the moral argument there's no question boom that, from a point of view Right, from an omniscient point of view. I don't mean to, that's, that's, that's fine. That's uh, me right now. <laughs> that was you three months ago. He has allowed the amount of suffering and evil that exists in the world. The problem is that we don't have God's point of view. We have our point of view. And from our point of view, Gosh, my this point is long. the evidence, and I think Hume, you have to read Hume here to see it, the evidence is... And the debate's only like an hour. It's certainly powerful. because we won't shut up. Make us think twice about just simply granting that the God hypothesis. That's the point. They can go watch the video. My statement is not to deny the existence of God. My, my interest, my interest, is simply oh, to uh, say to the evidence. The evidence simply doesn't Layton warrant. put out the, with the Patreon video that we did like a year ago uh, for our, our debate with uh, certainty uh, that we have. Hernandez, Sonny Hernandez, and Zakariades. Yes, and and there was a comment under. Is there a link to this where y'all don't talk over it? Like. They should have this same guy that just commented about the Rogan thing is going to be like, you guys are only putting Leighton and Pritchett in your videos so you can get more views. Yeah. <laughs> Proven one way or the other. I, so I am open to the fact that, right, as we, as we, we only live, what, we're in the 7,000 years of history. We only live in one very small space-time slice of the universe. It's about 13 to 15 billion years old. We're only seeing a small picture. I grant you that from the small picture, it is not enough to conclude that because of suffering we experience, therefore there is no God. But by the same token, I'm saying that our perspective is so myopic and so limited that to make these grandiose claims when we fight back to causes is precarious. <laughs> There's that look because on your simply the evidence is not enough. You're right. I haven't given you an argument, but I have shown you. It's better like when I'm talking. This is the first time I've seen you write something and you don't evidence. write something. <laughs> you know, he just admitted, uh, you're right, I didn't give you an argument. Uh, that we have a problem. 
And the question is, but he's about I think to say something. They, they overstep the bounds of science when they claim too much, like Hawkins does, in claiming that we come from nothing. But I'm saying the evidence is, is, is tenuous, indirect enough to make us pause, right, when we make claims about what we can prove about God or against God. I advise for modesty. I, 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 I advise from an evidential point of view for a modest That's, agnosticism. Let me quote something. the words of Immanuel Kant in the preface to the second edition. I am going to put limits to knowledge to make room for faith. My relationship to God is based on faith. I realize it is not enough. But there I stand with Luther and Calvin that my faith in God depends on the God who holds me, not on the evidence for or against that I can adduce. I as a human being see the fragility of the evidence, but that makes it even more to trust in the grace of God who sustains me through doubt and through skepticism. I want to make that clear before all of you live here uh, today. Okay, see now, I'm, I'm, now, I stand with Luther and Calvin that I'm an irrational fideist. What? He said he's not a fideist, but it's like, why are you, we just got through the whole section arguing about the argument from evil. Well, no, he said he wasn't a fetus at the first, but now he's talking about there's no evidence. I just go on faith. Well, he might mean the census of Benetatus, the internal stuff, you know, the stuff that got, I don't know. But what I'm saying here is you're acting like you're a Christian. And I believe he, uh, fine. It may, I, this is Kierkegaardian Christian. How are you going to go and give an argument from evil? That's what I want to know. How are you going to go and give an argument from evil? How are you going to, I don't know. Uh, I'm saying I'm quite surprised. To show that the and evidence suggests against the God hypothesis. Because his whole thing is there's not evidence. So he's not just saying there's no evidence that God does exist or not strong enough to conclude it. He's also saying there's, fact, evidence, there's evidence he doesn't exist. Get, right. And so he doesn't believe on the basis of any evidence. If I believe that, if I if I had no good reason, to, no good evidence to believe that God does exist and yeah. some evidence to believe that he does not exist, I don't think I'd be a Christian. Aaron Raw. There's your guy. He's your guy. There's the one guy. And he's got a degree from Harvard. Yeah. Which means he probably wouldn't have anything to do with Aaron Ra. Kind of pleased that you created a bifurcation between the God of the Bible and reason. But then it seems to me that we're on the opposite side of the divide. You are willing to use reason to judge revelation. And that means then that you're willing to judge the passage of Deuteronomy 2016 and say that could not have been God. But here you have a problem. If the God who gave the command is not a rational God, then we know the knowledge of God through reason, and we can simply let go of revelation. But if the God of revelation is the God, the real God, that you believe in, then that God is immoral because he commands mass genocide. I go back to the words of Kant in the critique of religion within the limits of reason alone. If God, if you hear a God, whether in the Bible or the Quran or any other book that purports to be from God telling you to go and kill some people, you must say that it is not God. And I cannot go with it because my reason tells me no. Now, I agree with you. Morality, local morality, or morality of a natural, naturalistic nation does that not either. deliver. I do believe in God. I don't believe in the God that would order that kind of thing. independent morality that you advocate. But neither does the Bible give us that. And I agree with you. Local morality is weak. But I submit on the basis of the evidence, even if there is no God, just from Kant alone, right, just from Kant and moral theory alone, we can see that we're not devoid of a moral sense. We cannot perhaps get to morality the way Plato conceived morality. We may not even get to morality and reason the way Kant conceived of it. We have a much modest morality with, not with capital N, lowercase m, but that will do. And that can help us way, work our way through the morass of, of, of suffering and violence that we live in today. We may not have the perfect morality, but Why? we have enough to live, even if there is no God. Why? Who says that's bad if there's no objective standard? Yeah, it's because there's some progress that can be made. Right. My closing remarks are very brief. I want to thank Dr. Braxton. We have had an incredibly intense debate, and I acknowledge you as my brother, and I know you do too. And you, we're so confused too. right now about, not about the arguments, but about and his position. I hope position. that the people of God here have seen, and you all deserve a good debate, but also understand that both he and I stand with faith in, in God for different reasons perhaps, overlapping reasons, because I do believe he has faith in God, not on the basis of evidence, but on the basis of faith too. We just simply lean in slightly different ways. But I hope all of you have been edified. My conclusion again is, and that's because the evidence is not enough. It doesn't mean that God has not touched our lives. And that, because of Edwards perhaps, because of Schleiermacher, 
I believe that what happened to me in Christ is something that I cannot deny. It happened to me when I was 70 years old, January 22nd, 1970, 8 o'clock at night. I was living in Hialeah, 9th Street, up right around 1st Avenue, and that experience changed my life. And I'm, I'm comforted by the fact that Schleiermacher says the same thing. That's all why I call him dangerous. My experience among the pietists, the Moravian brethren, have sustained me through all... Because he's a liberal. You think he's a liberal? Because the Schleiermacher? Yeah, and the Harvard. Um, right after this debate, we went to a restaurant called Molina's. Just thought I'd mention that. Molina's, like, never mind. Through all these years. Again, perhaps because of my anti-rationalist biases, because of the fact that I believe that the experience is primary, I kind of relish tonight arguing against any evidential or logical or probabilistic proof for God. To me, faith suffices. But there's no question. And I said at the beginning, and I said in conclusion, I must remain open to evidence. If one day, intelligent design is able to produce a theory comparable in scope, explanatory power, power elegance, and empirical scientific support, then we must have to say that we can not only believe in God by faith, but that we have empirical proof of some kind. Perhaps Why are you still certain, writing? You don't say proof, anything else. Perhaps overwhelming proof that there yeah, is God on the basis of evidence alone. Oh. That day has not come yet. Intelligent design is in its infancy. It may go nowhere, but it may bloom into a great theory, a comprehensive theory that will replace How the theory of evolution. Let me remind you, when, God, when Einstein was working in the patent office in the 1900s, nobody could give him a job. He applied to different jobs. And then he came up with a theory of relativity that changed the course of physics. Many people said he had to be wrong. Well, guess what? He could be right. Let me say something else. Lemaitre, a French priest, used Einstein's equations and said those equations point to a finite universe. Mr. Einstein forgot that he was a scientist, and perhaps like Dawkins, insisted that Lemaitre had to be wrong, that he had wrongly interpreted the equations of relativity. But guess what? Even when he had the opposition of Fred Hoyle, who argued for a steady-state universe, an atheist version, even when he had Bertrand Russell saying that the universe is eternal, even when he had Einstein saying the universe is eternal, Lemaitre, a Catholic priest, stood by the evidence, and now today his theory is the dominant theory of the origins of the cosmos. Having said that, is that enough to take us back to God, the God of theism? No, it's just simply not enough yet. That it might be in the future, we all must be open because we must be open to truth. Right yeah, now, faith, already right, so, faith is good know. enough for me. There were times when theism did not have the clout or the champion that he has now. It counts with William Lane Craig, as you mentioned. It counts with Gary Habermas. It counts with uh, other great apostles, John uh, Geisler, Norman Geisler, who I'm heard here in Miami. Uh, it counts with, uh, you name it, all these great apologists. I have other books and gone through them. Tremendous power. But before, there was a dearth. Right? Theism was pretty low. I mean, nobody cared for it. Guess what? What happens when science changes? And again, See, we go back to famine. Today's that... feast. One day we may be famine. Yeah, if like, we trust, okay, if we put this belief in God on the basis of evidence, then we must be prepared to go the way of evidence. And one day the evidence may go against us. I say that we have to be very careful. One day the evidence may go against us. This is kind of like when, I don't mind saying, when James White said, uh, you know, you better be really smart. If you're going to debate against these atheists, you better be really smart. It's like it's almost like you think the evidence isn't good. Yeah. Like you're telling me as a Christian who believes in the truth about God, you're telling me you don't think you think maybe the evidence could go against that? Yeah, what you're saying is if you follow the evidence one day that evidence might turn against you and point away from God. Right. Yeah. How, how if Christian if God exists and Christianity is true? Yeah. I, I, I don't, you know, somebody might, the, the common understanding of the evidence might be against God. But, that's but that not the doesn't mean the itself, evidence. Right. Yeah, I don't. Here, evidence is enough, but the faith in God has sustained people for thousands all of evidence years, is being interpreted. and bad times. Yeah. And I recommend to you, whatever you think of this debate, faith in God stands because we stand by faith, by the grace of God. We do not hold ourselves up. We do not ascend to God by works, but it's the grace of God that comes down to us and upholds us to think and think. Thank you very much and God bless you. See ya. See what this gorgeous man has to say. He didn't speak. He let you get back up there.
Let me make one thing abundantly <laughs> clear it. right here at the beginning of my final speech tonight. First of all, am I on? Okay. All right, first of all, it's important for you to understand that I did not say, as Professor Alvarez has characterized me, I did not say that the God of the Bible is not the God that, the, that I have proposed tonight. No, they, they, they are one and the same. I'm just saying tonight, the subject of this debate has not been uh, the atrocities of the Old Testament or anything such as that. Tonight's debate has not been, uh, is the Bible inerrant or anything such as that. Tonight's debate has been, is there, a, uh, can man demonstrate the existence of God? We have not spoken specifically of the gods of Hinduism or the God of, of Christianity or the God of Islam or anything such as that. But I want to say that I believe that the God we have discussed tonight is completely uh, uniform with and perfectly um, uh, just, just, uh, just as much Consistent. the God of Christian scripture as, as he can be. It's just that we're, that's not the subject of tonight's debate. That's so important that you get that. Um, now, let me just say a couple of things. First of all, he, he keeps um, mentioning this skepticism that he has regarding the uh, initial cause of the universe. He says, you're right. I haven't given any argument for what else could have caused uh, the, uh, the, the, the existence of the universe. You're right. I haven't uh, proposed uh, why atheism might be true on this basis. All I have uh, argued... Eric Hernandez just left a comment on our R.N. Raw, uh, Michael Jones thing, and he's like, you guys are awesome. I just, it's worth mentioning because we were just talking about him a while ago. Yes. Is that we don't have enough good reason yet to we believe awesome. that, the, um, that God is the cause of the universe. However, this kind of unbridled skepticism Up would prevent in our us from ever functioning in the world. You begin to wonder the how the kind of advancements in Looking science that he's YouTube mentioned a while ago could have ever come about <laughs> if someone maintained skepticism such as that. Oh, yeah, uh, not How you, could we have ever had a Copernican revolution <laughs> if there was that kind of skepticism that just kept going on unbridled? Then it I seems point. that at some point we have to say that the evidence is overwhelming. I've given the evidence from the teleological argument. And it seems that in his last couple of speeches, he has abandoned any attempt to try and thwart off that argument. When it comes to the, the problem of evil, um, he's, he has said that he thinks that there's good reason to believe that on the basis of evil, we cannot accept that there is a high probability for God's existence. But I've shown why Weichsler's cornea argument, I think, solves that problem. And we've heard no response to that unless I've missed something. So uh, I greatly appreciate no. <laughs> his gesture to come and, and rejoice. Right, now, now, and now notice, this is what I, this is what I would have done in the Dillon debate, but somebody forgot to give us a closing statement. <clears throat> but um, I, I will say, this is where you summarize and say what was covered, what wasn't covered, what got answered, what didn't get answered. He gave up on the Kalam cosmological argument. Mm -hmm. He gave up on the design argument. And after uh, and, and, he, and he said some things about the moral argument, but he didn't come back to it later. And, he, and it, the only thing that was like an argument that he brought, the problem of evil, the argument from evil, uh, I gave John Weikstra's response, yeah. and then he dropped it. So by the end of this debate... He had dropped all his stuff and yeah. went off to talking about how awesome the history of, you know, fideistic scholars or whatever is. With me, that we are both brothers, and, and yes, I, I thank God for that. When He gave His life to Christ, I, I want you to know I rejoice with you in that, uh, my brother, and that is wonderful. And I too have given my life over to Christianity, and I do stand in faith. And in times in my life when I have found myself in severe doubt, God was there by my side, and praise God for that. Nevertheless, tonight this was a debate regarding the evidence, and I have given you three lines of evidence. Yeah, not that your I feelings, Alvarez. I believe warrant the belief yeah. in God on the basis of those evidences. And we have heard time and again, I just haven't seen enough evidence. I just haven't seen enough evidence when. Uh, PCW Davies says that the chances are incredibly astronomical, and I give quotes for that. He says, I still haven't seen enough evidence, and I just want to say, when will the evidence be enough? It seems that he has restricted it to a very small set of uh, criteria. He says, maybe one day intelligent design will develop to the point that it will be able to provide us with convincing evidence that there is a God, but we're not there yet. Now listen very closely, friends. It seems that what he has said in this is that when, if naturalism, if we ever discover a natural uh, uh, ex uh, God in the natural universe or some sort of natural God or some sort of 
scientific natural example of a cause that would be good enough or an, an, an explanation from naturalism but friends that is to exclude God as a possibility the kind of God the Bible describes from the beginning because by definition the initial cause of the existence of the universe must have stood outside of time I thank him for his graciousness and I know that this is the final speech of this and I'm sure that he could give a wonderful response and we could go on for hours and I appreciate you so much and I hope that you've been enriched by tonight's debate thank you so much Well, folks, there it is. The Hunter Alvarez debate. That was your first debate. I feel pretty good about it for my first debate. Yeah, I would too. That, I, it's I, such a strange debate, such a strange... I, I like... Don't get me wrong, I like Daniel Alvarez. I like him too. He's uh, a really smart guy. He's well, just He just comes from a different... Yeah. It, 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 he's Harvard. I don't know what to make out of his... His belief, religious worldview, situation. His yeah, I'm really. His worldview is what's kind of interesting. It looks yeah. to me like kind of a quasi-reformed John Dominic Crossan type. Yeah. Thing, which I, so I don't know, but I it's out it. there. It's out there. Trust me. Donna Bowman wrote a book trying to reconcile process theology with Calvinism and reformed theology. Trust me. There's a, every kind out there. She was a professor. She's a process theologian. But she's a professor of mine back at uh, the University of Central Arkansas, where uh, there in Hendricks College, where Jay McDaniel is, like the last bastion of process theologians, are in mm-hmm. Conway, Arkansas, of all places, right? And so, uh, and she wrote a book trying to reconcile Reformed theology with process. There, there's all kinds of there, yeah. If you can imagine it, there's somebody that holds it, right? But. It made it. It made it more difficult, frankly. This yeah. debate. It made it more difficult because I didn't know where he was going or why he was going there at any given point. Are you an atheist saying you're a Christian? Are you a Christian using an atheist argument? Almost like I, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, uh, there it is. You can check it out in full on the debates playlist uh, at youtube.com. And look around. Somewhere. Look up da- Daniel Alvarez and see what else he's got out there. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, if you'd like to support what we're doing on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash trinityradio. You can also go check out Dr. Pritchett's debate, which is on the playlist. And you can um, go check out our sister podcast, The Bible Brodown with Matt Chisholm and Billy Wendelin, uh, Leighton Flowers at Soteriology 101, and Steve Gregg at The Narrow Path. And I'll see you next time. Will you see him next time? Depends on how many videos you upload of yourself between now and next time. If you do see him next time, where are you going to see him? Trinity Radio.